This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This week we have the schus of Laning Parsha Shemos, which is the beginning of Sefer Shemos. And just as Kaishal in this Sefer got out of Golis, we as well, our generation, shall the schus of Hashem taking us out of Golis with the coming of Mashiach, Mr. Hashem. This Parsha we are introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu and in the beginning of Perik Beis, when Moshe Rabbeinu becomes an adult, Pasuk Yidal tells us that Moshe goes out to see what's going on with his fellow Jews. Moshe could have stayed in the palace, he was a royal, he could have had a very comfortable life. He wants to see what's going on with his fellow Jews. He wanted to be with them. And sure enough, he comes out, the first thing he sees he sees a, an Egyptian hitting, and look, he's going to kill a fellow Jew. Moshe approaches, he looks here and he looks there, he looks around. And he saw there was no man. He hits the Mitzri, he buries him in the sand. What does Rashi say? What does it mean he looked here and here? The Yarkin Ish, and he saw there was no man. Shein ish osilot seis bimenu, that no man will come out of him. Sheyizgayer who become a ger. Notice he looked around and he saw that this person has no descendant coming out of him who's going to be a ger, and therefore Moshe Moshe kills him. Now this raises some questions. First of all, that's not pasuk shot. Pasuk shot. He looked here and he looked there and he killed him. Means he looked here and he looked there. Nobody was watching, so he kills him. He didn't want anyone to see him kill him. Since when does Rashi deviate from the Pashup Shat to say what it means? He looked here and he looked there and he saw there was no man. He looked into the future of this mystery. Additionally, is that the halacha? If someone's Chayiv Misa, we don't take anything else into account. If someone is Chayiv Misa, the best impostor has to be executed. He's executed. We don't say what's going to be with his family, what's going to be with his children. In fact, if a lady is Chayv Misa, and she's pregnant, and she's going to give birth in, in two or three weeks, we don't say, wait, let's wait till the child is born. No, we kill her right away. We don't take anything else into consideration. So why is Moshe looking to see if this person will have any redeeming descendants who become a ger, that he shouldn't kill them? So many Svar, Yaakov Netsky, and many others, Maril Diskin, say the answer is from the next Pasuk. What happened the next day? He goes out the second day, and he sees two men arguing. We know that was Dustin of Hiram. And he says to the Russia, why do you raise your hand to hit him? And what's the response to him? Who put you in charge? Since when did you become in charge? Are you saying you're going to kill us? What does it mean? Are you saying, Moshe never said I'm going to kill you if you hit him? Moshe never threatened them that he's going to kill them? Why does it say, are you saying you're going to kill us? So Rashi explains, that Moshe killed the mitzri the day before with the Shema Mephoresh, using Hashem's name. And therefore, that's what they say, are you going to kill us also using Hashem's name? And that's what Moshe says, now the matter is known. Well, of course the matter is known. He did it in front of these two people. One of these was the one that the Mitzvah was trying to kill. 
And the answer is Moshe did it in a way that they wouldn't know that how he killed them because he used the shame of a forest. Now he says even they saw, they realized they did it with the shame of a forest. Okay, no, that over. Now the matter is known. Therefore, the pasuk tells us now we can understand why it says Moshe looked here and looked there. He looked to see in this person's future to see if any descendants would come out of here. Because Moshe was killing with the Shem HaMaforash, Moshe had to do it Shemayim style. While down here the Bezdin can't take other interests into account, in Shemayim everything is taken into account. Every last detail, all the ramifications and consequences are taken into account. And therefore Moshe says, I have to do the same thing. And therefore the Pesach says, even he looked here and he looked there, there was no Gerd coming out of him, and therefore therefore he killed him. And therefore he killed the Mitzri. It's almost as if <clears throat> Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to do it the Shemayim way, because he wanted to take things into consideration, because he wanted to see, is there any redeeming factor about this person? Because if there was a redeeming factor, he would take care of this situation differently. Turns out, there was no redeeming factor, and therefore he killed him. Now, which Shema Mepharish did he use? Which of Hashem's name did he use? So there are those who say, he used the, the regular name, <coughs> excuse me, it's <coughs> a good thing. He used the regular name of Hashem, the Yud Hey, the Yud Kei Vav Kei. He just pronounced it with the vowels, the way we do not say it. Others say it was a 12 letter name. Rabbeinu Bachai actually says it was the 42 letter name of, of Hashem. And there are those who bring a remiss to it, because in that Pasuk of killing, in the Pasuk of Bays, there are actually 42, 42 letters. Roshlomo Amar, Shlita, brings a tremendous, fascinating Arizal. The Arizal is in my, you want to look it up, Mamar Chazal Shabbos Kuf Chav Ches, Omid Bays. Mamar Chazal Shabbos Kuf Chav Ches, Omid Bays. And he says as follows. He quotes from Ban who says that the whole Torah is really Hashem's names. All the letters, the different combinations, the way they're put together, they're all Hashem's names. And each name of Hashem, each combination of the letters represents a different character trait of Hashem. And the name that Hashem, Moshe used of Hashem to kill his mitri is Sake. Tehit. Saf, Chaf, He. Sake. Tehit. And that is the name that Moshe Rabbeinu used. How does the Rizal know this? So the Rizal marshals a tremendous, a fascinating Gemara, a well-known Gemara in, in uh, Mesephtis Brachas on Samach Aleph Amid Beis. It's a Gemara with Rabbi Kiva. We all know the Gemara. Rabbi Kiva was taken out. He was teaching Torah under the Romans. And he was taken out to get killed. They took him out to get killed. They weren't just killing him. They were combing his skin, his flesh, with iron combs. And what was Rabbi Kiva doing? He was being a Kabul al Macha Shemaim. He was saying Kriya Shema. He was saying Shema Yisrael, Shema Gena Shema Chot. Omrullah Tamidov, his student said to him, Rabbeinu Adkan? I mean, come on, you're getting killed. You don't feel the pain? How are you still happy? Omrullahem, Koyama Yisim, it's Tara Pasuzeh. Almondays, I wondered. How am I going to fulfill this pasuk? B'chol nafshecha, I feel no tolesmus Even if he takes your life, you're ready to serve Hashem. Masay yavi liyadi lekemenu. When will the opportunity come to me? Ba'achshu shabal liyadi lekemenu. 
And now that it comes to me, I shouldn't take the opportunity. I always serve the Shem with my whole heart. I always serve the Shem with all my possessions. But I never had the opportunity to really show he was drawing out the word Echad, until when he's drawing out the word Echad, his Neshama left him. And the Rizal wonders, he says, what were the Talmudim thinking? They see the Rebbe, the greater of Akiva, prepared to give up his life to serve Hashem, which is what we're all supposed to do. So for sure, Rabbi Akiva. So what were his Talmudim asking him? Rabbi Arhechan, until now, this also? Yeah, of course, it's Rabbi Akiva. What do you think he's going to say? Okay, enough, I, I can't take this anymore. I won't teach Torah anymore. Uh, I'm done? Of course, this is Rabbi Akiva. Explains Arizal as follows. He was asked, the Tamidim were asking him as follows. Rabbi, why are you spending so much time on the being Marach, on Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elkein, Hashem Echad? Finish that already. Get to the word via Hafta. <coughs> Because if you get to where we have to, then you have Es Hashem Elokecha. Es Hashem Elokecha is the Sofa Tevis of Tav Chav Hei. Es Hashem Elokecha is Tav Chav Hei. If you go in the order of Tav Hei Chav, they spell Saka. Rikiva, you can use the word, the name of Hashem of Saka. You have the ability, you're close enough to Hashem to use the name Saka. Finish up with Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. Get to be a Hafta already, because then you can use the name of Saka. And you can kill your executioners. And you can stop this whole thing. And therefore, Rekiva says, no, no, I've been waiting for this day. Why should I give it up? I have the opportunity to show I want to give up my life for Al-Kiddush Hashem. I don't want to go and try to get out of it by using the words of Saka in, from Shema. From the words, Eis Hashem What we see from here is, is that when it comes to Bidei Shemayim, Everything is taken into consideration, and that's when Moshe wanted to do it. And the truth is, it's a lesson for us as well. He said, in all our actions, we should always look to see, not what I can gain right now, but in the long term, what's the real benefit? How can I take care of something in the best possible way? Ravaren Chadash Zatzal was the Meshkif from the Mir Yeshiva. Passed away recently, and he was a very well-liked, and a very warm Meshkif who cared about every single talent. But it was no wonder that he was that way because he got it from his great father, Rav Meir Chadash, the Mashkiach of the Charvin Yeshiva. Now, he passed away in, uh, in 1989. He was a Mashkiach for many, many years. When he was a little younger, the Bachram and the Charvin Yeshiva, like Bachram all over the place, on a winter Friday night, he finished the Suda at 7 o'clock, 7.30. And what do you do now? You have a whole bunch of hours. You would go to the base medish to learn. Now to go to the base medish to learn on a Friday night to learn for three, four, five hours is not easy. So many Bachim would come in with a pound of garinim, sunflower seeds, and they'd sit down and they'd start popping the sunflower seeds with their learning with their harusa. And they maybe learn two, three, four, even five hours on a Friday night. Yeah, it is possible, yeah. Get some garinim and you'll see. Sunflower seeds. Well, there was a Harusa, young boys, they were about 14, 15 years old, they just came to the yeshiva, and they walked into the Beis Friday night, and of course, it's a much more relaxed atmosphere, the Beis wasn't packed like a normal day, and people would sit in different places. This boy decided to sit in the Mashkiach seat 
on the Mizrach front, up front. There was only Bachman in the base Medish. So he sat there with the Harus and they were learning. Which was fine, but when he was eating his sunflower seeds, his Garinim, he would put the shells into the stender of the Mashkiach. Not only was he sitting in his seat, he was using a mere Chodesh stender, and as he would eat the Garinim, he'd put it in the stender. Okay. But then when the learning was over, three or four hours later, he would not clean it up. He would not clean, he would leave it there. And sure enough, Shabbos morning, the Mashiach came in and then he saw it there. And the next week, this Bachar did it again. And the next week, and this was going on for four or five weeks. And the Bachar was just putting it inside, not thinking who cleans it up, what happens when the Mashiach sees it, the chutzpah, nothing. Little kid, 14, 15 year old. One Friday night, they're sitting and learning, and all of a sudden, it gets quiet in Beis Medish. The door opened up, and the mayor Chadish walks in. He scans the Beis Medish, he's looking around, and he sees who's sitting in the seat, he's looking around, and after about a minute, he walks out. The Bachar who's sitting in the seat, looks at his Chirus and says, that's it, I'm dead. He caught me. He saw who's sitting in the seat, and he saw who's putting the guy in the stand I'm done. That's it. And he was all nervous. And he says, I'm leaving Yeshiva now. What do you mean leaving now? I'm leaving now. He says, why are you leaving now? He says, what should I do? I should wait till he kicks me out. I'm going to go home. I'm not coming back. I'm done. Why should I wait until he screams at me? Rabbi Chutzpah kicks me out. So the Chavrusa says, listen. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow after diving, Shabbos diving, the whole Yeshiva goes by to say, get Shabbos. Let's see what he says. Let's see if he smiles at you, or he gives you a look, or he starts yelling at you. So the Chirusa agreed. The next morning, they're going around to take a Shabbos, and this boy is going, getting very nervous, comes to the Mashkiach, the Mashkiach shakes his hand, gives him a big smile, a big Shabbos, and he continues on. And the Bachar sees the Chirusa afterwards, sigh of relief. He didn't realize, he didn't hop, it's me, he didn't realize that it's me. Of course, he stopped putting the Garanim in the Mashkiach seat, even I sat somewhere else, but he continued to learn. He did very well. He learned very well. And he shtayed year after year after year. And sure enough, years passed, and he became a chassan. And, of course, he invited the Mashkir to the chasna. And then the yeshiva made a shevet brachas for him. And by the shevet brachas, the Mashkir was there in the yeshiva. And, of course, the Mashkir got up to speak. And he got up to speak, and... He starts off his drush as follows. He turns to the Bachrani, to the, now with the, the Chassan, he says, I want you to know, it wasn't easy coming every Shabbos morning and seeing my shtender full of sunflower seed shells. The Bachrani looks, he turns white. You knew about it? And the Shkir looks, he says, of course you knew about it. I came inside, I saw you. He says, so why didn't you say anything? I realized that just the fact that you knew that I saw you, I don't have to say anything. I realize you're going to stop. And you're going to do well, and you're going to strike. No need to say anything. No need to throw out the yeshiva. I saw the bigger picture. The bigger picture was, I knew that you had it inside of you. I knew it was enough for me to see you. You saw me, and that was it. And I was right. Look at you now. You're a budding Talmud Chacham. So the Chacham looks to the Rebbe and says, if that's the case, why are you mentioning it now? So he told me, he says, I want you to know, now you're getting married. Now you have responsibilities to others. I want you to use the same meda. I'm not going and focusing only on the now. When you see something, wait, think, 
What's it going to be like in the future? And think, act now as if you're keeping the future in mind. The same thing that Moshe Rabbeinu did over here, the Yifei Kovakov. Have a wonderful Shabbos. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.